ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday here on Hard to Paint with David Grubb, and it is my pleasure to welcome reporter, host, a podcaster, fashionista, mentor, um, and my friend. That's that's the part that I enjoy the most, my friend, Miss um, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, listening with KNN and so many other things. How are you doing this morning? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for that warm welcome, David. And I will say the friend part means so much, you know, you, especially I think now more than ever, just really having that tight circle and supporters. And then you always hype me up. So anytime I can come on a show, David, and just get love, it's so much to me and it means so much to me. So thank you for having me. Always excited to have you. Always excited to join my brother, David, because we always have a good time. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. And and part of that, I think, is just that we're both two very passionate people about what we do. Yeah. And then at the same time of that, I think we have similar mindsets in that we know that this job is bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And the two of us have always discussed the impact beyond just having these conversations about sports exactly. and wanting to leave a deeper imprint beyond what we just these conversations. Exactly. Like you said, we're passionate about it. We live this, we breathe this, we love this. We've sacrificed, right, for this dream of ours that we're now making a reality. And we both understand that it's always been more than sports, right? It's more than just the game on the football field. It's the story around it and how it impacts people. Some people are just waking up to that, David, but we've known this story. And this is what has kind of got us on. We've known sports have been a catalyst for change, right? Both good and bad change throughout throughout history, right? And it's affected societal change, and it helps us have conversations, sometimes uncomfortable conversations, but conversations that need to be had and hopefully consistently need to be had. And this is why I like talking with you because we keep it real, David. And not everybody's ready for people to keep it real, but that's what we are. If you're not true to yourself, you can't be true to anybody else. I preach that all the time. So you are you. I am me, and we're the best versions of ourselves that we can be. Now, yesterday to me was a very emotional day because every time Jackie Robinson Day comes around is extremely emotional for me because, in my opinion, Jackie is the most important athlete in American history. Mm -hmm. Um, The precursor to the modern civil rights movement in many ways. And the significance was only amplified because of the fact that it was baseball. And we have to understand baseball at that time is what football is today. The, right. the rabid, passionate following. It truly was America's pastime in that My regard. Pastime, right. And then Jackie becoming the first team athlete mm-hmm. that Black people had. It's one thing to have Joe Lewis, because that's what we, before that it was boxers yes. um, and entertainers. That's what right. we had. Jack Johnson's, Joe Lewis, right. That whole crew, yes. And, but they were not political on their own. Like mm-hmm. Joe Lewis gets to be political in the sense of fighting Max Schmeling, et cetera, those right. types of things. Jesse Owens gets to be political and, and, and used in that regard, but not really of his own volition. Doesn't right. get to be a man mm-hmm. in many senses of the word. Right. But Jackie is that breakthrough, the moment where, and then Larry Doby, not far behind. We have to keep remembering Larry Doby. I always throw his name in there too. Yes. The, the, the thing that, that, 
resonated with me yesterday as well. And this is the transition for me is mm -hmm. it was poetic that the WNBA draft mm. was held on Jackie Robinson day yeah. because we are seeing another breaking of a ceiling, another breaking of a barrier in that league reaching its 25th anniversary this season. And there is a level of excitement that I have not seen since that first year. I, I remember vividly that first year yeah. um, being in the basement of a dorm <laughs> with a bunch of high school girls in the summer, high school and elementary school girls coaching at a basketball camp and right. rounding them up, all activities for the day finished so we could watch that first game on NBC. Yeah. And here we are 25 years later, and I think the, the impact of an entire generation now of women knowing that there has always been an actual goal of right. playing professional basketball in the United States, we cannot even begin to measure at this point what that means. I think you hit on so many great points, David, and it, it was powerful because you look at it, like you said, and you look at just the impact of the 15th right? April 15th, you look at the WNBA draft, a quarter century, that is not easy to do in a league that naysayers for a long time, David, has said, they'll never make it. We'll never care about women's basketball or sports. We don't respect women, essentially, is what some of society has said. Here they are 25 years later. We're about to kick off in May. We just had a very successful WNBA draft. We see the numbers going up. We see the talent level going up. I'll take you back to March Madness and all of us were doing what? We were watching that women's basketball tournament, David, because it was great. It was and better on a game-to-game -game basis than the men's I mean, competitive basketball that you had to watch till the end because you just didn't know what was going to happen. We saw players put their name into the world, right? And players really become household names. You know, you look at someone like Ari McDonald, you know, and her impact. On Ooh, the you said her team. name wrong. Ari McDonald. I'm sorry. I said Ari McDonald. You said Ari. Oh, my God. Ari. Ari McDonald. Ari McDonald. We're going to be right. Ari McDonald. And, you know, you look at what she's done for that for that program, right? And we're looking at a U of A program that, come on, you guys weren't talking about it before, right? Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. People weren't, right? You know, you're used to your Tennessees, your Yukons, of course, right? But your Maryland, you're not gonna shout out Maryland basketball, but no one was talking about it. And then you talk about just the impact, again, of the 15th, not just on the baseball world, but on the world at large. Again, sports have always had an impact on society and culture and have forced us to look deep into ourselves. You know, our American history is very complex, right? That's- To say the least. Very to say the least, right? That's a nice way of putting it. You look at someone like a Jackie Robinson who faced things that many people could not even imagine just to play a game that he loved, right? And help to integrate a sport that forced society to look at itself and say, hey, we might have to do something, right? Because we like this guy, he's talented. But you know what? He is a different skin tone. He is different than us. We have to look at ourselves. And I think that's what sports have done. The WNBA, look at ourselves. Look at some of the sexist views that people have of women's sports. Look at some of the racist views that people have in sports. You look at what the WNBA did this year, this past year, right? Look at what the Atlanta Dream did this past year and the ousting of an owner. And now we have a former player and now owner, a black woman, David, that has melanin in her skin, just like me. This is powerful. This is what we're talking about. And so like you said, to have these two events be synonymous together, it was special. 
and it should make anybody emotional. You talk about remembering when the WNBA first started. I remember that too, David. I was wee high, very small, Kelsey, right? But it was so important for me to see that. And you look at a league again where many look like me, somebody that played basketball, and I saw this is what I could be because seeing is truly believing, right? And we don't see enough positive examples of ourselves. And so I think I'm so happy you started with that. And again, I think you, David, being a champion of, of sports, but being a champion more so of what sports can do and making sure that you respect all sports. Don't tell me you're a sports fan if you only like certain sports. Then no, you're a certain sports fan. Yep. I am a fan of sports because I like competitiveness. You know, I like athleticism. I like, you know, competition. I like good games. I like the athletes and their stories. And so I think the WNBA and their power and the impact again to do 25 years. And I know we're going to talk about this later, but you know, a league that has been up and down, right? Mm-hmm. With a number of teams but they're still here. You know, I used to work for the arena football league. That's gone. I was a reporter for them. They had been around for a while. They got down 18s and now they're no more. So to, again, to still be here strong, look at the XFL, went away, came back, went away, came back. And now we'll see what happens with it, but it's powerful in the end. But do not forget the importance of 42. Right, David? Like, Absolutely. I mean, you just can't. Because again, me and you are even here because of his impact. So again, it transcends sports. This is why they're more than athletes. And this is why we must always remember to give credit where credit is due and thank these athletes for having the courage when sometimes society didn't even have the courage to look these things in the face or look these things in the eyes and face them. And these things are job because you think about Sam Lacey, Hmm. who chronicled Jackie Robinson's career was standing there as an advocate for him before he even got signed by the Dodgers was saying, put pressure on the organizations to, to sign a black ball player and then to be the guy there. And then you talk about, we talk about women in sports. You cannot forget Rachel Robinson. Yes. And her role as, and, and I put Rachel Robinson on par with, Merle Evers, Betty Shabazz, Coretta Scott King. Mm, yes. Because in each of those cases, what we tend to look at with wives yeah. is purely as, and in sports, this is something that we overlook too. We need to think, we need to have these conversations more about sports wives and the perception yeah, of their women. impact. Mm-hmm. But Black women in particular in these situations, mm-hmm. where she had to watch her husband go out on the field every day and wonder if he was going to walk back. Yeah. You know, wonder if he's going to make it. She's internalizing the same fears Mm -hmm. that he can't have for three hours while he's out on the ball field or two and a half hours, whatever, while he's on the ball field. She has to hold those in for that entire moment. Right. She has to convey the strength to those children while daddy's on the road. Mm -hmm. She has to be the one to get the death threats in the mail every day and read those and have those things said to her in the stands and all of that. And then once Jackie died at, the, at, at a very young age, she was the caretaker of his legacy and made sure that it was not just about him being the first, but all the things that he did and the fact that like MLK, yeah. she was not going to allow them to water down yep. his anger and disappointment with baseball either. And right. so, you know, to see again, we have to amplify the strong women in those situations too, because they are just as much as part of the story. Exactly. As those men. 
I'm so happy you hit on that, David, because it's the full story, right? These men, and they'll tell you a lot of the times, you know, they couldn't be who they are today without their supportive wives. Sometimes it's their mothers. And we have to remember the female is the rock of, of civilization, right? We carry civilization, right? And we love civilization. I'm so happy you talked on that. And, you know, I'd also be remiss if we think about the late, great Hank Aaron as well. Mm-hmm. And you talked about those letters, those death threats, those that hatred that's feud. And, you know, I don't know if people know the story, but when it came out, even with him and, you know, all of those just nasty letters that he would receive simply for his greatness. And some people didn't want to see that greatness, David, because his skin was too dark, right? And so you think about just the woman that sometimes have to carry that weight and that burden. And unfortunately, we never lift them up enough. Society doesn't lift them up enough. And just it's, it's just another level of something that females have to fight. But again, most everybody needs some type of support system. And usually it is going to be your spouse if you happen to be married or a girlfriend or boyfriend, because they know what you're going through. You guys are talking about it. And sometimes even they might try to hide stuff from you, David, so you don't have to carry it all, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, to be able to have to take care of your family and not know if your husband's going to come home simply because he's trying to live out his dream and try to force society to get with the program. Just think about how heavy that is and how much of a burden that is. And that's why I'm so happy. Like you said, we have to say all of their names and everyone has a full story, right? Every, and think about any story you read, there's a moral of the story, there's a protagonist, there's supporting characters and supporting cast. All of that makes a story. You can't just have one person. And so I'm so happy you said that. And even for the female side, you know, remembering their husbands, right? We mm-hmm. also have female leaders that have also supported them. So I'm always for that, David. We must do it. I'm glad me and you are doing it today. And I hope others kind of take note um, and take part in that. Like I said, I mean, Coretta Scott King. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Just so many strong examples of Black women being there and standing up for their men, but also give them their respect too, because she was also doing her own work yes. on the ground, right? I hope people remember that story too, because it's not told enough. And we know, unfortunately, in schools, they're not teaching that side of the story usually, right? Usually you got to wait mm-hmm. to college if you're even lucky to learn that side of the story. But it's making sure, again, that we say all of their names, remember all of their contributions and pay tribute and respect to all of it. I was really um, impressed last night when... Um, the commissioner of the WNBA made special note to talk about the social justice initiatives continuing yes. this year mm-hmm. and was open to talk directly about dealing with black women's mental health, yes. the impact of COVID-19 on black women in particular, on right. voting rights, on awareness and education and civil justice. They are still focused on those things. And we saw a retreat in some ways from the NBA this year, from the messaging, Mm -hmm. from the pressure. The WNBA deserves all the credit in the world because last year I think they were the, them playing Mm -hmm. was far more important than the men playing. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, what the women did in playing, A, they kept their league at the forefront when it could have been overwhelmed at that time because everything was going on. Mm And then B, they were so consistent and united in their messaging. Yeah. White players, black players, executives, coaches, everyone bought in. Right. And regardless of their personal feelings, they understood. And to watch those tidbits of um, the documentary that's going to come out about the season in the in the bubble. Yes, which I'm excited about. Some of the statements that were made just resonated so hard. Like, this is bigger than me, bigger than my teammates. Mm-hmm. 
and they're not talking about basketball. Right. Right. Again, it's, it's more than sports. And again, to have a league, like you said, that acknowledges that there's a problem in society. But then I saw the biggest thing. And it's one word accountability. This is what we're doing. A lot of the times, a lot of people talk a great talk, David, and that's great and all clap, clap. But what are you going to it's a what have you done for me lately type of world? These problems don't just stop. They're still ongoing. There's a reason why we're having to say Dante Wright's name and so many other names. There's a reason why we're heartbroken watching a 13 year old boy get shot down. I mean, there's so many examples of this. And it's sad, Dave, because me and you could talk about this all day. But saying all this to say the WNBA saw that they are more than just a sports league, right? They're transformative. They have power and they have power in their athletes. She also said last night, Kathy said, you know, we're following our athletes on this. They are leading. How often do you hear that? It's always, well, the owner's this, the owner's that, the commissioner this, the commissioner that. They're getting behind their athletes because their athletes are their source of income. Their athletes are why they play. Their athletes are why they are even there. We have no commissioner if we don't have any WNBA athletes, right? They're why the game continues to go on. And I'm so happy, like you said, that she started with that. She didn't shy away from it. She didn't try to wait for it at the mm-hmm. end. Or It wasn't in the credits, David, at the end of the show. I didn't have to go search for it or look it up. That was the lead. Yes, yeah. that's how she brought us in. And that's, what I said. that's powerful. That's powerful because I always believe in people showing me who they truly are. I believe in true colors. And that's exactly what she did. She, The WNBA has been a league, the one league, I will say that has not shied away from it as of late. You know, everybody else, you kind of have to go through all these kind of hurdles to get what you want. And you're right. The other leagues, okay. We saw Black Lives Matter, you know, painted on the court. But all right, how do we go past that? How do we keep having this conversation? How are we supporting these players? The money that you're donating, can we see a receipt? Can we see a track record? And can we see some political action? That's the thing. There's nothing behind it. And this is why, again, you have to give the WNBA their flowers. What happened, you know, with Raphael Warnock? I mean, seeing what happened in Georgia, and if you don't understand the impact of Georgia and what it's had on just the overall world, powerful. This is going to be something, David, me and you are old and gray, that our grandkids will be talking about. This is what happened during the 2020-2021 season, because these women were not literally changed the world. And other leagues followed suit, David, after they saw the WNBA and what they were doing. They put their jobs on the line because they saw there was a problem in society. And again, more than basketball, more than an athlete. And they saw their power. I've always said this, and you know this, you have to use your platform for a purpose and your purpose needs a platform. They found a way to kind of intersect and interwove those. And again, the world is watching and we're all looking. And again, Kathy said, I'm not just proud because of the great games that they've played. I'm proud because of the woman they are, the people they are and the work that they're doing. At the end of the day, you can't take any of these great accolades with you, but what you can leave is how your impact on society and how you made others feel. We want to make this world a better place than when we came into it. And doing that, David, is committing to this work that needs to be done on the, on the ground because, again, there are problems in this country that impact a lot of the players that look like the players in the WNBA. But you can't shy away from it because it's not just going to go away. You know, it's not like a cold, you know, eventually it'll go away, David. This is a cold, it's a long cold, and it's one that we're going to have for a very long time. You know, it's not just getting a COVID vaccine to get rid of racism and all the other problems in society, David. It's so much more. The WNBA gets that. The commissioner stands behind them. The, the coaches stand behind these players, and that's what's needed. Again, if you support me, don't just support the good times. Support me through the ups and downs and the rough patches and when I have to speak out against things that are hard to talk about, but I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. And again, that's what the WNBA is doing again. It's time for us to give the WNBA their flowers, and I mean the entire WNBA. And thank you for being a league that's not afraid to stand up when no one else will. Well, the main thing that they're there for, though, is basketball. 
They are we professional basketball. Play basketball, right? And, and we play basketball. Yes. So I'm not going to complain about what we're getting on the court, David. <laughs> no, and and the talent level is higher than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, and like you said, we saw that. Just look at the comparison with the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Ten years ago to now, the level of of competitiveness, the, the amount of teams that are in the mix, the, in the last five to six years, the schools that have won championships. Um, or have made it to the final four, it's changed. The world has turned on its ear in in the college. UConn was, look, UConn in quite, they were not the story all year as they typically are. People were not focused on stores. They were not focused on Knoxville. They were not focused even on, a, on even Baylor, as great as Baylor has been, was right. not the focus yeah. There were so many things going on in women's basketball this year um, on that level. And now that momentum carrying from the WNBA season into the NCAA and now back to the WNBA to watch the draft last night and to see the transformation there too, from when it was in a ball, small ballroom in a hotel. Yeah. And I remember it like, People used to joke about the struggle heels and, and women walking up. Uh, Not the struggle heels, look. <laughs> you know, a lot of, hey, look, I've been around enough basketball players who are women to know right. that look, ballers yeah. don't wear heels all the time. They just don't. Like, there are heels all the time. I was being honest with you. You know what I'm saying? They just <laughs> don't. And people are like, you know, and all of a sudden you got to put them, uh, look, I knew guys, look, the same, guys just don't get the vision. You don't know how many guys go to the NBA draft and don't know how to tie a tie. Look, look, yes, that's real. Look, I, look, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who don't know how to, where the, where the suspenders go. Those types of things. Like, so, but now, before we get into the basketball of Charlie Collier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see the number one pick of the draft, get outfitted by the yeah. internationally renowned designer who, who did Dallas for Michelle Obama. Yeah. Yes. And now you have a player getting that. That wasn't happening three years ago. It was huge. It was huge. And I think finally we're, we're giving WNBA athletes their brand power. Let's remember, people forget that a lot of these athletes, yes, they make money in their contracts, but a lot of it is from sponsorship, endorsement deals, right? Invisibility, quite frankly. And like you said, to have that, she was looking just so gorgeous. Like I wanted to put her on a runway in Milan or something, New York Fashion Week. I mean, just that course, but knowing her brand power and realizing that and supporting that. Again, we're talking about marketing and trying to grow this league. This makes the game more attractive to everyone. And then you pull different people in. And I've said that all the time. It's like sometimes I think, and it's unfortunate. I think sometimes a lot of people put female athletes into this box, right? It's like, okay, they're athletes, but yes, they're females and I don't care who you are. If you want to be sexy, be sexy and own that, own anything you want to do. And I thought it was phenomenal to see, like you said, David, and to have a world renowned designer do it. I mean, how, how cool is that, David? Anytime you get to get that, like, like that's the level that I want to be at. That's when you know, like mama, I've really made it. You know, I have people coming to me, sizing me up and wanting me to wear their gear and brand. But I love that. And I thought it was such a nice touch. And like you said, it's grown. And this is why I'm so excited. We've got new jerseys. We've got players getting outfitted i know we're gonna talk about all of this but again this is what a league needs in terms mm -hmm. of 
in terms of expansion, you got to get people behind it. It means you kind of always have to be one word innovative, David. You always got to be innovative. How are you pushing the needle? How are you changing the game? How are you finding new ways to get more fans into the game? And that's what the WNBA is doing. And like you said, this is why the numbers are going up. This is why more people on my timeline are talking about the WNBA than ever before. And I hope it continues to go up. But again, it's how we get, as your shirt says, more people behind women's sports. And, and another part, we had a player side with Jordan Brand. Yes. And shout out to Jordan Brand for making that happen. And Jordan Brand really committing to their female athletes, right? Like I had Jasmine Jordan on my show. We're talking about just how they're really investing. And Jasmine is helping to lead that effort and designing these game-changing shoes for female athletes, David. That's huge. Jordan yeah. Brand. That's, I mean, that's like the top of the top, right? The cream of the crop. It gets no better than that. No, and I remember how much of a game changer it was when Cheryl Swoops got a shoot. Yes, and y- yes, yes. Yeah, I remember and we culture. So when you have a shoe and you're able to get into that sneaker culture, that's a whole nother fan base. That and people- women love sneakers. Like oh, we do. <laughs> they are sneaker heads just like everybody else. I mean. It's amazing that people forget that. Women love sneakers. And you also have to remember half of, half of sports fans are females. This is why the NFL, the NBA, they're finding new ways to target who, David? Females. And, and one thing a lot of us like to do too is, is spend some money. <laughs> Shop. Cater to that. And the, uh, uh, the other part, and then we'll get into the draft, the other part that I noticed too is, again, women allowed to be unapologetically who they are. Yes. Like the Natasha Mack. Yes. Hey, Natasha Mack ain't scared to be who she is. And we love it. Yeah. And we love it. And, and so she wants to show up with a sleeveless shirt and be there with her family. <laughs> She's a ball player. And like, right. you know, if right. Allen Iverson would have had the opportunity to sit in, in New, Newport, News, Virginia, and what? wear a ball cap and rock a t shirt on draft day, he would have. Rose. Yes, yes, he would have. <laughs> she, he would have been relaxed. And Natasha Mack was relaxed. And I have no problem with that either because you want your self. see the full spectrum of who they are. They are not there to be, like you said, they're not there to be sexualized. Right. But if you want to be, if you want to present yourself as a beautiful object, yes. you have that right. But if yes. you want to stand there and say, I'm just a baller, be that too. Right, yes. because the thing is, we don't do that with males, right? Nope. You know, Theo Elliott can wear as many crop tops as he wants, right? And nobody's going to say anything. Because what do we say, David? Oh, that's just Zeke, right? It's a style and fashion brand. You know, I do a fashion show for the Washington football team. All the time we praise these males for their fashion styles, but females, it's like all of a sudden we start to have to try to put them in boxes and tell them who and what they should be. Us telling them who and what they should be didn't get them to be the basketball players that they were. So who gives you the right? Or you look at somebody like Liz, right? And being a savage, Fenty ambassador. Yes, rock that lingerie, Liz, because she can. And again, it's expanding their brand potential. We don't ask these same questions when males and male athletes get these different endorsement deals and sponsorships or when men are able to walk around shirtless, David. Nobody says anything. And again, it goes back to the sexualism that female athletes face. Be who you are and be who you want to be. And I think that's what the WNBA does very well, right? They embrace who their athletes are. The only league that's really comfortable being LGBTQ friendly, right? And realizing that they have a fan base to that. You know, other sports leagues really have to get with the program, David, if we're just being real. Right. right. WNBA gets it. <laughs> because we still have, we're still dealing with an NBA and an NFL and, uh, and Major League Baseball where you're not going to come out. You're right. not going to come out. 
Right. Or if you do, it'll be after probably because, you know, once you're retired and you kind of feel safe, but that shouldn't be the case. Because again, it's supposed to be a league that accepts you for you. They had to use your skills and talent to make them who they are. But when you get me as a whole person, you get me with, with all of my good and all of my baggage. Right. And you take that with you. But again, it's, it's realizing the WNBA, they get it. They just do. They get it. And they're waiting for us to catch up. (laughs) program right society and so i hope we get it soon david but again wmba keep doing what they're doing the wmba draft just put all these skills and talent i'd say all the ladies just look fly they found another great way to do a virtual draft that reeled us all in and i loved it i love those moments from home we had grandmas dancing you know i mean it was it was perfect in the most perfect sense of the word, David. And this is what we, again, WNBA, thank you for letting your athletes be themselves. It was real and it was honest. And those moments when people couldn't even tell, when, um, I'm I'm trying to remember her name, but she got caught watching her own highlights. Yes, yes, yes. And And they couldn't even do the interview because she's in, she's so into her own stuff and like, (laughs) yeah, I crossed her up. Look at that. And I'm like, that, that's- I love David. I absolutely love that. Cause look, if I'm going to be watching any highlight tapes, it's going to be my own. I'm going to be hyping myself up on draft night. But those, and honestly, this is why I actually like the virtual drafts uh, because you get those rare home moments, right? You know, when you're, when you're there in person, it's not to say that you can't still get good moments. When you're at home, you're more comfortable. You're more relaxed, right? You're really yourself. So you do things that are just natural to you. You know, Holly Rowe flexing on us with the French. I yep. was like, <laughs> but that's what we want. And again, it's those stories. And also to that point, you know, realizing the WNBA and their crop of international talent, you know, that they were able to bring in. We got Finland on the map, right? I mean, there's so many different things. You see another more great talent from Australia that's entering the league. It's like the WNBA, again, they've expanded their game internationally. They get these players in. They're telling their stories. And I think our biggest complaint is just that there's just not enough room. No. I know but we just want more room to tell these great stories and get more of these great players in the game. At the last Charlie Collier saying, I don't care what anybody says. This is my moment. This yes. is my moment. And you ain't going <laughs> to take this away from me. Yes. She was, she was doing this, David. She was flexing on the haters. And I love that she did that because she owned that. She earned that right to be where she was. And look, haters, look, like she said, she said, hey, they're watching me on TV right now. Probably on their couches eating some popcorn, watching her be the number one pick in a very promising, I think, WNBA career. I loved it. That's what I said. I loved every moment of it. She, she just she shines so much. And I don't know if you didn't know her before. I don't know how you could not be a fan after watching that interview and just watching that moment for her, David. When we go into the draft, I texted you last night and I said, I, you know, this is not going the way I expected. It was surprising to the analysts on the show. Um, and you said, yeah, this is, this is not, yeah. um, you know, what we expected at all. And there are a number of reasons for that. But first I do want to ask you, who do you think the teams that did best? I mean, certainly Dallas getting the first two picks. You can't, yeah. you can't mess that up. Right. Well, hopefully but, not. Look, hopefully I don't say it. Hopefully not. Like, so, especially NFL draft wise, sometimes we've seen some things that have made us scratch our heads, David, but I think for Dallas to do what they did, it was powerful and it was important. And you're, you know, you're looking at a team that quite frankly, they, they need to grow, right? They need to grow eight and 14 last season. They missed the playoffs. You know, they're trying to rebuild. You look at what Vicki Johnson has and her trying to build and remember her also Vicki Johnson in her own right being trailblazing, right. As an African-American female coach and the WNBA, but I love their first uh, two picks. And also David, the momentous moment of that, 
a team getting the number one and two picks. I mean, this is why like it started off with the bang and they needed that. But I think Dallas, I think you have to give them an A grade, David. I absolutely love what they did. I think they've made a solid team. And again, they're, they're trying to make a team that can have a run. I think we're looking at a, a league this year that's going to be very competitive. Um, you know, I'm excited they'll be back home, right? Playing mm-hmm. uh, closer to your neck of woods in Texas. Um, but I absolutely love the number one and two picks. You know, even anytime too, you know, when you get a, a formal shout out from Luca, Luca says, welcome welcome to Dallas baby or you know and you're able to talk to KD and get some words of advice and encouragement (laughs) as a number one pick I think it's going to be solid I'm so excited David to see what Charlie's going to do and especially I think and she's one too I think that wasn't as surprising Mm -hmm. but still I just loved seeing her mask in her moment and again I think this Dallas team they needed this and I think all of us are rooting because I think with their picks you feel very solid David behind them one of the teams that that um, I was looking at closely was New York because yeah. of what they lost last year, Sabrina um, Ionescu, um, and who got off to a fantastic start in her first two games and then, you know, hurt her, uh, hurt her knee and, and was gone. Yes. What do you think of what they added to that team and the potential of the New York Liberty yeah, look, if you're in New York, like New York, you know, city of big dreams, big lights on you and spotlight. Again, I think the New York Liberty had a very solid draft class. And like you said, last year was tough. It was tough. But the Liberty are a team, I think, that are very promising. And quite frankly, David, there's big expectations for that New York Liberty team. And so I think overall, of course, we'll see how the final team pans out. But I'm not mad at their moves. And I think they are a team that you're going to have to watch. Again, not putting them in championship caliber yet. But they are a team, I think, that you have on your radar when you're really looking at this WNBA draft. So I think New York overall, I would give them probably A minus. I'm not mad at it, David. But again, I think it was pretty solid. Um, but they will have some work to do. So I want to see how that team kind of rebuilds and gets together over the course of the season. In your backyard, the Mystics, who a couple of years ago won the championship yes. last year. Look, Elena Deladon wasn't there. Right. Like, and you, that's you, a big impact, right? Anytime this is the MVP. Right. You know, yeah, it's going to change. And always then in the not play, right, in the bubble. With Natasha Cloud, right, stepping out for a bigger cause more than basketball with social justice. So, look, the Mystics, David, they're wanting to grow. They're wanting to build. Of course, like yesterday, we were from the outside pretty much looking in. Um, but I think what the Mystics do well is continue to look out for those undrafted right? Those undrafted and see what the, who the Mystics sign to their training camp roster. But the Mystics know they only have uh, to go up, right? And we have some injuries we're dealing with on our, on the Mystics team True. Um, that we have to fulfill those needs. But, you know, it, it, in coach, in coach, we trust, you know, it might, I trust him so well because the Mystics, we had said back to back, it didn't happen last year, but we're a team again, that we're still thirsty off that championship. Game. That's a but there's a big asterisk next to like next to last season. It you it yeah. wasn't a real defense of the title. Now I'm not taking anything away from Seattle, you know, in winning that championship. They yeah, and they deserve it. They Seattle earned it. Yeah, they that. earned it. And but it, it, there has to be a sense of that wasn't us in Washington is who we sent to that. That's to and I will tell you that's why Mystics fans they're not the they're not the maddest. Um, but you know, I think they're just thinking, you know, like what could have been right. And you kind of, you touched on it kind of with New York, you know, you look at what Michaela can do, you know, I will say, I feel like a lot of people were really excited to see Dee Dee Richards, um, go to New York. Cause you talk about, again, someone who's a great basketball player and, and David, her story, her mm-hmm. incredible story, even going back to the basketball court, but also I'd say to your upper, your other point, 
someone that has marketing potential and, and what better place David to do it than where the big apple in New York. Like, I think it'll fit very well, but the mystics, I mean, we've lost key pieces, but again, the mystics again are hungry. And anytime you get Elena Deladon back, a woman who can do all right. We look talking about one of the greatest players to play the game. I think you feel very confident and very well. And I'll tell you mystics fans, they're waiting to see the 10% capacity right now that they'll be at. They're hoping it gets higher because they're ready to support this team and hopefully see them win another championship and bring the title back to DC, but they will have their work cut out for them. I will say that again, this WNBA season, I think it's going to be really great and very competitive, but what Elena Deladon can do, David, if she can stay healthy, watch out for this mystics team. Natasha cloud coming back. I mean, just again, watch out for this Washington mystics team. You have to look at Emma Misaman and what happens with her, but I mean, just so many great, players that if the pieces really fall into place David it's going to be a happy Washington DC the teams that confused me the most yeah Atlanta and Indiana I did not understand Atlanta taking another guard when that is their strength they are a guard driven team they last year they had the runner up for rookie of the year and it's it's it's, I didn't understand why you take another scoring guard yeah, it, it was interesting. You know, and a part of it, I think some people are like, well, if you have somebody that's still on the board, even if you don't need them, do you just pick them up just to have them to have them? And I think you're right. I think you'll see an Atlanta team that's looking to build an Atlanta team, too, that could be a possible contender for what they've been building, David. But I think you're right. I think some people are saying Atlanta, come on, like Atlanta, now we have a problem. I think their team that if I'm looking at them, I'd probably give them like a C grade because I don't know, as you said, have they fulfilled their needs? It's great to have guards, but look, if you you don't want to just be a university of guards. You need other pieces to make the team kind of come together. And that's why you're looking at Atlanta saying, um, all right, do we think this through? Like, you know, it's just, it's something I think that we're going to have a lot of questions about. I want to see how their final team pans out, but I don't think either David that they made the most of their draft in terms of fulfilling their needs. That's what you want to do in a draft. You have a chance to bring in newness, new blood, and somebody that can hopefully change the game for you, right? You saw what you did last season. All right, well, let me try to fix what we did last season. And you're right. I think, you know, bringing another guard, nice to have, but you don't need it. Again, is it a one or is it a need, right? And I think their needs are still going like this, David, scratching our heads. But now we're wanting more from this Atlanta team if they really want a chance to bring a title to Atlanta. And then Indiana, seven picks for them. Yeah, they have the picks. But <laughs> I'm not sure. Look, hey, I, I I do not question Tamika Catching's basketball judgment. Oh, we can't. We're like, we're not allowed to. <laughs> I cannot. I I will not. <laughs> but I I was just surprised by the players that they took. There were more established names on the board. There were higher ranked players on the board at certain times when they took um, players with all those picks and coming off a season that they were coming off of. I I thought that they needed to hit a home run and I'm not sure that they've, that they, I think they hit a bunch of singles. Yeah. Many gave them like the worst grade in terms of the WNBA draft, which is hard. Like you said, when you have those picks, when you have all those picks, like you better make the most of them. You know, it's like anything you do, if you have seven picks, you at least need one door to be, (laughs) to be bright and fuzzy and happy. Like you said, we are not going to question catching them. I mean, she has a resume that speaks its own right. But I think their team too, like you said, you had a lot of big names on the board and you were just really surprised that they didn't pull them. I think what Indiana pulled is projects. A lot of people that they played decent ball, right? In college, 
But how will they pan out, I think, is our biggest question. So I think they're taking a risk, right? And they're hoping that reward is at the end. We don't know that yet. But if the reward's at the end, we'll go back and say, you know what, Tamika had a master plan. She got it all right. Right now, we're just looking at, was the risk worth it? Because like you said, I'm looking at all of their picks, David. There's no one that just kind of pulls me to say, you know what, I think this person's going to really add a different dimension to this team. And I know what Tamika wants, and we know what she's trying to do um, for Indiana and the Fever team. But again, I'm just, I'm not as sold on them. But I will say um, their first pick, um, I know it had a lot of people questioning. I know her of her skills because she played here at West Virginia, but even her to go number four, I think we're like, hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was just surprising, and uh, so let's go to the four. Yeah, I hope it pans out because yes. Tamika she has a master plan, so I'm hoping that a lot. I of us always wish for success for people. I I'm not trying to wish anything bad on folks. So you you just because you want to see good basketball and you want people to be able to perform at their highest level. So I exactly. hope it works. You, you know, yeah, I hope it works. It's just surprising. I, I mean, that's the word we can say on it now. Is it's surprising? We don't know what it is surprising down the road. Surprising is the word. The four teams: Los Angeles, Chicago, right, Las Vegas, Seattle. I love Seattle's draft. Yeah, and you they, talked about what they did last season too. So to have that, David, <laughs> and you know, you still have Sue Bird, who's playing at a very high level, and then you add the point guard of the future behind her. Uh, I just thought that was outstanding. I think LA got better. I think yeah. Vegas added more length. Because, like I said, they, they are a team that may have some free agents coming up that will test their depth up front. Um, so to them to add young length, I think, was really important. Um, yeah. Chicago adds more defense around Candace Parker. The former, Which is you know, important. Last- we know what Candace can do. So like you said, to have that defense around them, I'm actually really excited about Chicago this year, David. Yeah, so th- I mean, those four teams, I think, all help themselves very much in this draft. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, and I think, I mean, I know Candace has to be very excited with what went to her. Um, and Chicago, again, is the team that had some big transition, right? We look at this offseason, but getting Candace there and what they can do, I think many people were probably questioning. I don't think a lot of people know, honestly, about Shayla, Shayla Hill, but you look at her from Australia, and if you've seen any of the basketball over there, you know this girl can play. David and again like you keep seeing Aust- Australian women who come over have immediate impact Lauren Jackson Hall of Famer Elizabeth <laughs> Cambage is on her way to being maybe the biggest one of the biggest stars in all of basketball men or women and yeah. yes the Australians don't mess around <laughs> that's the best way to put it and I would also say the Minnesota Lynx and I would say the Minnesota Lynx I really like because even though it was smaller look at their offseason transitions that yes they had a great offseason and, and so now you add, again, another person that can just bring the heat to them um, in Davis from Tennessee. And I, I think it's been like, I really feel like she's underrated because not enough people are talking about Minnesota, but I think for her to fall to that spot and for them to pick it up is huge, is huge. And we're talking about Tennessee, who, again, is a school that has proven players when you talk about how they've panned out in the WNBA. But of course, we also have to remember Minnesota, they're not going to get Maya Moore back, right? It looks right. like. You know, my Moore is doing much bigger and greater work. And I would say my Moore is one of those play- players, David, that is irreplaceable, right? You're not going to, you're not going to replace her, but the best thing you can do is try to build around what she left. And I think they've been doing that. So I think Minnesota is another team, David, that, that we really have to look out for. I thought they had a very solid one. I think the LA Sparks is one, you know, you look at another team, David, that had a lot of picks, right? Mm-hmm. And you wanted them to use it right. 
But let's be honest, if you're in LA, David, you got to do what? Got to deliver, right? It's a big city. Um, and the fans are going to be expecting a lot. You know, Derek Fisher, I know, you know, he had a plan going into the draft. Want to see how it pans out. I was glad that he did get Jasmine Walker. I know he, she was one that he was really wanting. Um, but again, the Sparks are a team. I think if things go right, they can have a solid season. So I'm looking forward, David, to this 25th season. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. I think the training camp rosters will be very interesting. And also, I forgot to shout out Minnesota, David. They signed an HBCU alumna to their training camp roster. You know me and you have to talk about that. We weren't going to talk about that on any show. Uh, something that doesn't happen enough, quite frankly, mm-hmm. Honest, right? And this is not just in the WNBA. I want to make oh. sure I say that, but it just doesn't happen enough. And I think that was huge. And I'm really, really, really hoping um, the best for her. And also in my local neck of the woods, Kiana Jeter, I have to shout this out, David, because Towson University just got their first ever, their first ever WNBA draft pick. So it's a huge, huge, big deal in the DMB area and super excited to see how she'll pan out. I actually know her coach, Coach Rich, and uh, this girl can ball. So I'm glad the WNBA was looking for talent everywhere this draft last year now w- one thing that uh, that that i think was a big um point in the draft was rebecca Lobo talked about but there are there are 144 potential spots on wnba mm-hmm. rosters right right most points. of those are already full mm-hmm. and a lot of teams because of the cap will not bring full rosters into the regular season so you could see somewhere around 130 yeah. women with jobs when the yeah. season starts. It's time. Look, when you're saying the, the, the talent pool is deeper than ever, yeah. when you're saying that you have players who you're going to have to turn away or leave in Europe for a year or two, yeah. it's time for the league to start talking about at least two more teams to, to come into this league. And there are cities that are clamoring four teams at this stage, the talent I believe is there. And I think the league needs it to expand the competitiveness and, and start minimizing that repetition of games among teams. You need to get to that 10 to 12 level um, in the league and start, exp- I mean, you know, there, there needs to just be more, more teams. You need to be able to, to, to have that pipeline and not turn these women away and send them to Europe or send them to other places you need them in your league to help it to continue to grow. It's true. Look, expansion is the name of the game. This is why, you know, Amazon started out real small. They got bigger. And what are they doing now? They're expanding, right? They're opening a headquarters in my neck of the woods in Crystal City, Virginia, because with to grow, you need to move. You need to expand, right? Like even us, we can't be in the same place that we were last year. And for the league to continue to get fans and get buy-in, we want to see it in more cities. And like you said, there are cities who want WNBA teams. And right now, the worst thing to see, David, is all of this great talent, right? All of this great talent coming out of college, especially this past year with how many people were watching the NCAA tournament and just knowing there's just not enough room for everyone and that the alternative is sending these women to Europe. And sometimes, quite frankly, they get lost in Europe, right? You have to, because you have to, then you have to start, then these fans have to start following European basketball in addition to the WNBA. And then they're trying to work their way back. And like you said, there's new talent, though, also, coming out every single year. And I think for you, like you said, it's it's one of the biggest questions. I think, you know, you have to look at it. You know, the WNBA first started, you know, you had eight teams, right? We had 16 at a point, yep. David. Now mm-hmm. we're at 12. And we're hoping the 12, right, stay solid. And I think this is why we're asking, you know, we see more people buying into sports leagues, right? We see what's happening um, in Minnesota, right? You know, we saw what happened 
you know, with Atlanta, which I really liked with the Atlanta dream, but how can we get more buy-in into the WNBA? How do we get these athletes from just tweeting they care about women's sports to investing, investing, investing is the name of the game. And the cost is not nearly as prohibitive. Right. I mean, you see guys trying to get in and, and uh, congratulations to Alex Rodriguez for purchasing yes. the links as part of the, the purchase and we of the need all our players to know who A-Rod is. All right, David, me and you are not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, and as that transit, I think people need to remember as the transition came from NBA teams primarily supporting those franchises to them becoming more family owned operations right. um, and independent owned operations and moving to cities that were not NBA cities, which I thought was extremely important too, um, to not have to, to, to counter program in that regard, to be yeah. in a place where, look, I'm the, we're the focus in Connecticut. That's the focus, you know. Oh, yeah. Like love women's basketball, women's hoops in Connecticut, because otherwise you're living in the wrong state. Because that, that's what they live and breathe, and that's where you can go to sold out games in Connecticut, right? And they respect it in Connecticut. But like you said, this expansion piece is so huge. And I will say, of course, I get it. COVID nineteen probably put a halt on any plans they had for expansion, and that did for most sports leagues, right? Because no money was really being made. Unfortunately, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, so I get that. But again, we see the growth of people watching the game we see the marketing even the orange sweatshirts remember how big that got i should have really been rocking mine david on the show today but again we see the buy-in that people are having to the WNBA. so how do we capitalize off of that and again putting them in a major market where like you said where i think they don't have direct competition i really do like that david because people love sports there was a reason why when we had no sports we all clamored to watch all 10 episodes of the last dance and, and, and many of us were even watching old games like we just wanted to watch anything competitive during the pandemic because we love sports sports for a long time has been an escape the WNBA again has quality basketball really more than quality but great basketball that they're putting on great storylines that they're putting on and really great marketing of these athletes who want to be able to expand that David so I think you're right I think like this is why I love the aces in Las Vegas right I thought that was so perfect and also shout out to the Las Vegas aces because the way they market at that team, David, is the best that I've seen. From the time you step off the court, the time you step in the hotel, you have aces all in your head because it's being marketed all around you. But I think you're right. I think it's making sure that, again, it's not that expensive, like you said, compared to other sports leagues and realizing your return on investment, you'll get it. There is buy-in in the women's games. Again, I'll point to what we just saw in college basketball. I'll point even to the success of women's basketball internationally and overseas, David. Basketball has become a universal language. And now in America, it's just getting behind it on the professional level because we want to see their storylines continue after college, David. So you think you're right. There's a couple cities that I'm like, hey, they would be perfect for a WNBA team. And again, with the college game growing, it helps the WNBA game grow, right? Because when you have more people buying in into watching college hoops, they'll probably continue to follow those same players, David, when it gets to a professional level. But I'm telling you, anyone out there, if you are able, look into it because it will be a good return on your investment. A Do you good want to own 4% of an NBA team? Or have right. controlling interest in a WNBA team. There you go. You and, just hit the nail on the head, David. That's and, it. Like, and again, you get that control in a league that is socially forward. Yes. So a get, league that's getting it right that you can be behind. And you you have the ability to assume some power. Yeah. Some power. When you're a four percent owner, you ain't got no power. Jay Z got to design the uniforms for the Brooklyn Nets. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the extent of his, he wasn't picking players. He wasn't doing those things. You want to be in a decision-making position. And I think that 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 is there. And I still, you know, and and I'm not the first person to say, but it is a disgrace that there is not a team in Houston, the original flagship franchise of this league, four-time champion, the greatest, you know, individual or the greatest trio and yeah. Tina Thompson uh, and Cheryl Swoops great. and Cynthia Cooper, yes. Kim Parrott, and all those players on that team yeah. in those years when they were dominating the league and there's no franchise in Houston. Yeah. And that, that, that makes no sense. And I will say again, it, it's having that buy-in and support. And I will say one thing I've loved in Washington, D.C. that we've done with our Mystics uh, franchise is now they have their own arena. They have mm-hmm. their own home arena in Southeast Washington, D.C., where the fans can go, the entertainment and sports arena. And the fans have bought into that, right? So they're no longer sharing Capital One Arena with the Washington Wizards, right? That's Wizards, that's Caps, all right, we get that. But again, it's that buy-in and really seeing that people will support women's sports, but we have to invest in it, David. That's exactly what's needed. And again, I think we see the league growing. The new jersey designs, if that didn't get you excited, I truly don't know. Well, David, those are the most fire <laughs> I, I said, why Why did the NBA do such garbage with their uniforms? I was like, you see the NBA jerseys, and you look at these jerseys, and you look at all three of the different designs, and you're just like, uh. Like what? <laughs> like, and you could tell the player input in that, the fact that the players had 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 say in the uniforms. It was huge. And it speaks to the cities even. I mean, I thought it was so well marketed, so well done. Bravo WNBA. I thought the jersey release was so coordinated. Like, but again, that helps you get player buy-in. I've seen more people asking me, hey Kelsey, where can I get a WNBA jersey? than ever before they want to rock it they want to support it and that's exactly what the league has needed and again it's it's getting the carmax impact i don't know if you remember that but that was huge that was huge this is the buy-in david that we need and so it's brands getting behind what you see and if you're smart if you're smart you start to buy into something before it gets too expensive for you right and unfortunately this is what happens in gentrification we want to just take it to historical context right Mm -hmm. people realize the potential of a place and city they buy it for cheap. And what do they do? They exploit the prices and it goes back up. But it's usually like, it's kind of like once you see some stuff happening now, it's kind of when you start to invest. Now is a good time to invest in the WNBA. Cause I'm telling everybody, David, it's going to blow up. It's been around for 25 years. We're excited to see 25 more and 25 more and 25 more. It's a league that's here to stay. It's a league that is by and for the players. I will also say that again, because of what we see them doing on a social justice front. So not only can you buy into great basketball, great fans in these cities, but buy into a league that gets it. That's a part of social change. And I'll say, David, a league that will be on the right side of history once all is said and done. I agree with that. Um, Let's transition now to the NBA, because tonight there's a big game between our local teams, Uh your Washington Wizards and my New Orleans Pelicans. Um, The Wizards have looked very good over their last five games. They have. Look, we're excited in D.C. right now. This is a different team that started the season. Uh, And we're like, we're talking even that P word, David, might I dare say it. Like, we're like, this team might be. Playoffs, David. <laughs> I mean, I, I, they are openly saying they want the eight. They're not talking about the 10. They're talking about <laughs> trying to get in that eight, you know, spot potentially. And not just if they won the four or the five, it's the wins that they have to beat a Golden State team, to beat the Utah Jazz, and to put up the points that they put up on Utah. 
Ooh, not Utah game, man. We were all watching like, oh my. And it's like, we just had to make sure that they closed out. But yeah, the Wizards, again, this is a Wizards team, David. There, there were so many questions before, right? You know, we lose, we lose our guy in John Wall, right? John Wall, no longer a Washington Wizard. Westbrook comes in and we're beginning the experiment. You know, which Wessel Westbrook will mm-hmm. we get? It's all start off kind of shaky. Right. We were looking at like, oh, did we get West Frick or like what's going on with Russell Westbrook? You know, we we're like, man, we got bamboozled, David. That's what many fans were thinking. And lo and behold, I guess we'll take it from Philly. We had to trust the process and it's all kind of starting to come together. You have to remember, this is the Wizards team with a lot of new faces. This is a new look. Washington. And it had a lot of injuries last year, too, or yes, guys who couldn't play due to COVID. Right. Who opted out and. That, that team was not healthy in the right. start of the year. Like you said, all those injuries to start mm-hmm. the season where it was for about a good month and a half where it was Brad Beal versus everybody. Yeah. Yes. Literally like Bradley Bill and he, Bradley was like, Hey, you know, we can't, we can't guard park cars at one point. Like it was just that bad. You know, you look at the loss of Thomas Bryant even, right. That we was put that was huge. Thomas, let me tell you, when he was starting to reach his 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 height, he was starting to reach his height. And I think we were all getting behind TV. So that was hard. But like you said, the way the Wizards have turned this season around, of course, Bradley Bill is Bradley Bill. Like, you know, I mean, Bradley Bill in a 30-point game. That's not breaking to anybody that follows the NBA. But Russell Westbrook, another triple-double, another triple-double. I mean, it keeps coming. Like you said, right now they're on a hot streak. And if they can keep riding this high, again, the Wizards somehow always find a way, David, to just be that team that can make something out of nothing. And now we're going to get a pretty competitive game. So I think we're both excited, David, for this game that's coming up. Yeah, the, the last time they played, um, you know, that was that was during that injury period. Russ didn't play. There were a number of guys. I don't think Rui Hachimura played that night. I don't think Davis Bertans played that night. Um, to have those guys, and you look up and down the, the way that the contributions have come, of course, like you say, you're getting 30 from Brad. You're getting 21, 14, and 14 from oh, Russ. He's cut down his three-point attempts, which was huge. He's only shooting three a game right now yes, instead of those seven. That's what we wanted, David. <laughs> and he's still shooting over 50% from the field because you cannot stop him from getting to the rim again. Um, and to have Bertans out there to be able to shoot, to have Hachimura, who is a solid player, to have Lopez at, at defending down low. Mm-hmm. This is a team – look, nobody's going to guard Zion Williamson on one side. He's not gonna, they, There's no one on the Wizards roster that can guard Zion. Yeah. There ain't nobody on the Pelicans roster. Even if Lonzo is back tonight, he's coming off a hip injury. Yep. There's not anybody going to guard Brad Beal. So my thing is. Yeah. And Zion, I mean, give Zion his props. Like I will tell you, Zion has made us not just see the hype, but has made us believe the hype. And there's a big difference between seeing potential and actually being about that potential. And like you said, and Bradley Beal, I mean, both of those guys are just phenomenal all these were phenomenal phenomenal basketball players David and think and like you said Lonzo I want to see how that pans out but I think this is actually gonna be a really good game it's gonna be a lot of points I think this is a game that's played in the 130s it's gonna be a shootout it definitely is if every guy brings it it's gonna be a shootout and I think I think we're in for a very good competitive game David I think we're gonna be having to watch until the end for this one I really do I'll be going back and forth with you you know we will we're going to start with Pelicans hashtag that's Um, right it's just it's I think I really like this Wizards team. But again, I think it's a team that has come together. Um, you know, you look, you talked about Rui Hachimura and how he's grown. You know, look at Denny and how he's grown. You know, Alex Lynn got a shout out my turf guy. Um, you know, it's just when the pieces really fall and come together, when this Wizards team plays great, David, 
they play great basketball. When they play great, they play great basketball. I think that's what's very exciting. I think Daniel Gafford, I love, I've loved the addition of him. He's been big uh, coming over. Yes. David, I've loved his play. And he's one, I, I'm like, nobody's talking about this guy, David. And he's been solid for this Washington Wizards team. I know we have to see if he'll play. Um, but again, I think this Wizards team, if things go right, they can keep this momentum up. Uh, Scotty Brooks, they're going to stop calling for your head. I'm just saying, David, because people are excited about what this team has brought because we really, again, didn't know what we were going to get from this Wizards team, David. This was brand new for us. We gave Bradley Bill, you know, the load and he's carried it. But now he has the supporting cast. Again, you can have the main character, but the main character cannot do everything. And I really think Russ has fell into his role, right? I don't think mm-hmm. we're seeing like a selfish Russell Westbrook. I think no. he's, he, I mean, he's the ball distributor. He's getting everyone involved and he's making everyone around him better. I think that's what we've asked for Russell Westbrook. I mean, he understands his role. And I he think took that's those, all those shot attempts came down. You see with Russ right now, he's picking his spots to score but like you said he's still rebounding and still passing the ball at a high level and that that was something that I was surprised that he was able to make that transition to understand this is a different Russell Westbrook and he's it's not a selfish Russell Westbrook it's one that really wants to make the guys around him better I think this Wizards team at first again I was questioning it I'll be completely honest with you but I think it's really made Russell Westbrook realize the player that he is now and I think it's added a whole new dimension to his game and it's going to add honestly a whole new dimension to his legacy for what he's brought to this Washington Wizards team I think you have two good hungry teams tonight David both teams won and need this win right but I think you know you're looking at you all coming back to, to hopefully what will be full health which would be great I know it's not going to happen yet but when you all do the Pelicans are a team David that I'm excited about a young and a hungry team with shooters with scores. And again, Zion living up to his full potential. I mean, you can't say that either about Brandon Ingram, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even need to add anything, David. I mean, he's just, he's just balled out. He's been um, that good, but I think this is actually a matchup again. I think we're seeing two teams that people underestimated mm-hmm. at the start of the season that have truly just brought it. And really, I would say surprised the NBA world. Yeah, it's going to be a very entertaining game. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. It's been too long since we got to do a one-on-one like this. Um, so thank you for, for joining me again. Thank you for having me. This is a, always a fun conversation. Anytime I get to join the one and only David Grubb because he's just so awesome. <laughs> Please tell the people how they can keep up with you and the myriad of things that you do. Oh my gosh. All right. So everyone just, my website is the easiest way. KelseyNicoleNelson.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, the real K Nelson. Cause yes, I have to put the real David to make people know I'm the real Kelsey Nelson. Um, and then on Facebook, just Kelsey Nicole Nelson, check out my show. Listen in with Canon. It's on all social media, check it on iTunes, Google pay, Google play and Spotify new episodes each and every week where I have special guests joining me. And of course, Gotta do some more shows with me, David. It feels good to be back. I know it's been a while. It's been a while, but it's like when you find it's like that family reunion. When you finally get to get back together, it doesn't matter how long you've been gone. It's just special. So I really appreciate it, David. The only thing that makes me happy, the reason that we haven't got to is because we've both been busy. We have and I am glad that we've both been busy. (laughs) Booked and busy is the way to be, especially in the sports industry, and especially with all that's gone on in the world, David. So I would say I'm so proud of you. When I can go back to traveling, I cannot wait to get back down to New Orleans and Louisiana. Say hello to you. Say hello to my family. As you know, that's truly my second home. I miss it. COVID would not let me be great, David, but I truly can't wait to get back down there. I love you. Um, I root for you. I cheer for you. 
Um, and I can't wait till we get to talk again. And, you know, like we text each other, we tweet each other, but, <laughs> but this, this is, is special whenever we get to do this. And, and I just, I can't thank you enough for being my friend in this industry and just being somebody who has my back each and every day. Of course. And again, that's what it's all about. It's supporting each other. I always say there's room for everyone to eat. We just always have to make sure that we make room. That's all it is, David. Always will have your back. You are a real one. I value and support real ones. And again, just rooting for you. If y'all haven't been put on to David Grubb yet, I'm telling you, I'm putting you on now. This man is phenomenal. He's excellent. And you're going to get all the good opportunities coming your way, David. I truly see it. Y'all know how to get with me at DM Grub. I don't have to put the real DM Grub because nobody else has my name. <laughs> you got that there. nice name that no one else can say. But everybody had to be Kelsey and then there's lots of Nelson. So, you know, but I'm the real one. I could put the only DM Grub. Maybe I'll do that and change it to the only DM Grub. But... I, I will say this. I want Twitter. They will not let me get my KNN hashtag, my KNN username. I've been trying, David. They're like, it's too short. But one day it will just be three letters. I'm speaking it into existence. <laughs> and I will be there to see it. <laughs> I will be there to see it. Uh, thank you again uh, for, for Kelsey Nicole Nelson. I am David Grubb, and this has been another edition of Hard to Paint. We'll talk to y'all soon.